No one wanted to talk about that day. No one knew how to handle it. Every time I brought it up, I was somehow gently reminded not to talk about it. One of those sayings of my family was, if you don't bring it up, it doesn't exist. So I didn't. As I'd done many times, I put on a mask from my wardrobe of masks and went on with life. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. And today we are bringing you Pam Finchak's story from Western Montana, which is one of our brand new cities. And we are thrilled because this is their first story and it is a powerful kickoff for a Montana gathering. Oh my goodness, it definitely is. You know, one of the things that I love about storytellers is when somebody chooses to use storytellers as an opportunity to share their story for the first time. And that's what Pam does. And I think it brought her freedom. And I love how she gives us hope at the end of her story as well. Yes, we're so excited to have Western Montana as our newest community, and you guys get to hear from Carrie Ann, who is the team leader of this community. She's going to join us after Pam's story, and so you get to hear not only how the community got started, but also about what it was like to be in the room as Pam told her story. So here's Pam. Thank you for spending this time with me. I want to preface my story with the fact that my story is not an easy one to hear. In fact, it's a rather hard story to hear. But as I come to the hard part of my story, I just want you to remember the title of my story is From Tragedy to Triumph. I've never fully told the whole truth of my story because I was concerned someone might not be able to handle the whole truth. But then I realized I did. I had to handle the whole truth of my story, and I'm confident you can handle it as as well because it's called From Tragedy to Triumph. Also, as I was trying to memorize my story, it just wasn't sticking. I I just couldn't do it. I memorize all the time. I love to memorize. I take a walk. It's done. This story, not happening. Then I realized I've trained my brain for four decades not to touch this story. Not one iota. So, if I'm reading it, that is why. I'm going to tell my, my story is by giving you some background information. Then I'll talk about the day I opened my own house door. And it changed my life forever. So, my background. I am the seventh child of eight. Six girls, two boys, and mom and dad. I am the last girl. Grew up on eight acres, so lots and lots of room. The front lawn was about an acre with well-cut green grass. A few yards from the back door were old tires painted to look new with dirt in their middle and flowers in the dirt. All around the house, flowers were planted. As the older kids finished high school and left, the vegetable garden on the side became a flower garden with six long rows of tulips. We still had the two-acre vegetable garden in the back. Dad had planted lilac bushes along the front of the property. Each vegetable and flower garden did not have a weed. As you came down our long driveway and turned towards the house, there was a white picket fence with a trellis attached, full of pink hanging roses. My dad owned his logging business, I described my dad as Jekyll and Hyde. One day he would be going along fine, 
doing some mechanic work or hauling water for our ice skating rink. He made our ice ice skating rink every year. And the next he would be in a rage over nothing and very physically abusive. My mom was a quiet woman, always did her hair every morning and was well-dressed. She loved her kids, a very enduring lady that would do anything for her kids. She sewed all our clothes. Our clothes never had stains and never had holes. She bought the basic staples at the store and grew or baked the rest. And for our meat, Dad hunted. We were very poor, but I never knew that until much later in life. I came to know Jesus when I was about nine. We had some fabulous neighbors all around us. One of them lived just across from us, and she would ask if we wanted to go to church. We weren't allowed to ask, but she was faithful to ask every week. I loved going to church. It got me around other people, and I was able to do lots of crafty stuff. I praise God that she took me to church so that I would have Jesus in my heart to handle the trials that were going to come into my life. As I grew older, things were getting more difficult at home, but I never heard mom and dad fight. They never fought in front of us, but you could feel the tension until the day came. I call it the day I opened the door to my own house and it forever changed my life. I was 17, a senior in high school. It was towards the end of February and I was happy about something till this day I don't know what. And I was gonna tell mom, I opened our door and was hollering for mom. Went through the kitchen, put my books on the table and looked to the side of me and instantly realized why she hadn't answered. She was deceased. I knew dad had killed her. And a little further than that, dad was in his chair, staring straight ahead. He looked mad. I knew I needed to go back the way I came, but I couldn't move my feet. I stood there knowing I needed to move because I was in danger. Everything in there, in me, told me that fact. I just couldn't move. I tried to not draw any more attention to me. That was a key growing up in my home. Don't draw attention to yourself. Be invisible. Go hide on the eight acres. But don't draw attention to yourself. My mind was taken in the scene at the same time, trying to figure out why my feet wouldn't move. Finally, what seemed like forever, my feet released. I started to move towards the door I just entered. I knew I needed to be slow and quiet, even though everything in me wanted to run. I made it to the door and opened it as quietly as I could and not daring to look behind me. Went through the door, closed it oh so quietly. Headed down the sidewalk, alongside the house, And as it came close to the end of the sidewalk, I'm sure he was standing at the living room window, but I didn't look. Kept going, slowly walking, slowly walking normal. Again, nothing's wrong. Don't don't, uh, draw attention to yourself. I needed to pass the garage. It was only 250 feet in front of me, but it was like that weird dream that you get and you're walking towards an object and it just gets further and further, just gets further and further. It just had never felt so far away. 
I knew when I reached it, I would be safe. I wouldn't be in his sight. He couldn't touch me. I finally reached it. Went around it and ran as fast as I'd ever ran for the neighbors. Reached their door, rang the bell, but no one came to the door. We weren't supposed to enter into anyone's house, ever. But she had been taking care of the animals in her barn and found me in the middle of her living room. As soon as I saw her, I blurted out the story. She called the police, and it was discovered that Dad was deceased after all. Dad had ended both their lives. As I said, my parents died on a Friday. I went to live with my grandma, my mom's mom, and went back to to school on Monday. Shortly after I returned to the school, one of my teachers decided I needed to take a test over. I don't remember what class, maybe science. He put the paper upside down in front of me. Then he said, start. I flipped the paper over. The teacher turned around just in time to see my eyes get as big as saucers. He asked if everything was okay. Oh yeah, of course. I told him everything was fine. I pretended to take the test. What I saw on the paper was all the letters going up and down, all of them. I couldn't even read the words. They were jumping around so much. I would learn all about trauma later. No one wanted to talk about that day. No one knew how to handle it. Every time I brought it up, I was somehow gently reminded not to talk about it. One of those sayings of my family was, if you don't bring it up, it doesn't exist. So I didn't. As I'd done many times, I put on a mask from my wardrobe of masks and went on with life. I married and had two great kids, but I still couldn't talk about what was really bothering me to anyone. When I made friends and got to know them well enough to share, my sharing was a friendship breaker. Oh, that was a lot. It made me depressed. Everything bottled up inside me was taking its toll. Then the day came when I reached the end of my rope. I planned my suicide. I was literally minutes away from from ending my life. God reminded me of every painful thing I went through, all the painful emotions, all the painful memories. I was about to do that to someone else. In one quick second, God reminded me of everything about the day my parents died. I was going to make them carry the burden for the rest of their lives. I wasn't willing to do that to anyone else. A very hard wake-up call from God. But just like that crazy Christmas story, It's a Wonderful Life, I now knew what life was worth living. However, as I started to live and take care of things, my world would again fall apart. The word word divorce shattered my life, shattered my world. This time I had nothing to hold on to. The person I planned the rest of my life with, the person that helped me through my parents' death, the person that meant everything to me, was moving on. I never fully took care of my parents' death, but now I had to. had two adorable kids that were dependent upon me. Obviously, I went through some things and am now very healthy. My parents' death and my parents' divorce left me insecure, fearful, depressed, and angry. 
There was a lot of emotions I needed to deal with. I did have a few counselors I went to, but they didn't seem to have a training to deal with my issues. However, God would walk me through one problem after another. I finally had a sound mind. He showed me how precious life is and how valuable every life is. It is possible to be free from the junk of life. I'm not saying it's easy. In fact, it can be hard work. Here are a few ways I got free from the junk of life. One, be an overcomer. Simply means to overcome every trial, overcome every problem. Everybody has weaknesses and everybody has strengths. The simple answer is to take my strengths and keep them strong and take my weaknesses and make them strength. One of my weaknesses is to avoid. So instead of avoiding, I need to overcome the problem. To overcome the problem, I need to make myself face the problem. Two, take responsibility for what you can and do the work. I was depressed, angry, and insecure to name a few. So for example, I was depressed. God reminded me to think of things to be grateful for. My mind could only think on one thing at a time, either focusing on myself and self-needs, which brings on depression and self-pity, or I think on things to be thankful for, which brings on a sound mind. Three, live in forgiveness. I didn't live long before someone said something mean and hateful to me. I didn't take it personally. They were just venting from their pain. I've had a lot of people give me their opinion on my parents' death, on my divorce, and on my life. Everyone has an opinion. It doesn't make them right. Live in forgiveness. Four, be aware. I recognize the triggers that send me back into depression, anger, and insecurity, and refocusing my energy into something positive, such as volunteering, and for me, works every time. One of my favorite verses is Matthew 19, 26. And Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The person I am today isn't the person I used to be. I'm no longer depressed, angry, and insecure. It's taken decades to accomplish it. I wish I would have known an easier road, but the end result is the same. I pray you'll join me in the road to living life. You know, as Katie mentioned in the beginning, this is Pam's very first time sharing her story publicly. And we are so, so thankful for any woman being willing to share, but especially Pam in such a difficult situation, knowing that by sharing, not only is God bringing her freedom, but she's also bringing hope to anyone. Absolutely. And we're so excited. Like we said, you know, Lindy mentioned that Carrie Ann Newby would be with us today to kind of share what exactly the room was like when Pam shared her story. So Carrie Ann, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Tell us what it was like for Pam to walk through that story and to share it in the room that day. Just from the little bit that I have met Pam, she is an incredibly wonderful, but shy uh, person, hesitant on speaking and especially in front of others. And to watch her get on stage and tell her testimony, tell her story of a super traumatic event for her Mm -hmm. was incredible. I mean, it was 
the people in the room that knew her were just like, who is this? And as she spoke, you could just feel weights coming off of her because she had never spoken any of this in public at all. So, so profound. And you could just see God moving through everything and just shaking up people's lives and just renewing her too entirely. It was, it was amazing. It was a great time. We always talk about just how healing it is. I mean, when you're, when you're speaking your story and you're giving God the glory for what he has done, there's so much healing and Satan is defeated every time. Absolutely. Yeah. I have chills just hearing you say Mm -hmm. that. You could hear it in the story, but to hear that firsthand, I looked at both of them. I was like, I have chills all over. <laughs> you know, one thing that Pam spoke about was, and I and I really love the challenge that she gave at the end of her story, is that, you know, you need to take responsibility for what you can do in your life and then get to work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what she did. And I think, honestly, her taking the step, as Carrie Ann said, you know, who is this person up here? <laughs> yes. But as she took the step to share her story, and I loved the visual that you just said, Carrie that these ancient chains, you know, yeah. we've talked about that mm-hmm. before, were broken off of her. But at the same time, it was just hope was given to anybody that's listening to her story to walk through such a traumatic event. Hope was given to them. And I was just wondering, Carrie Ann, just personally, as you heard her story, you know, what you were thinking and maybe even how your faith grew by listening to her share her story. Great question. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because as this was our first event and as the team leader, I'm trying to focus on the the procedure. Like, is right. the equipment ready? Is everybody comfy and situated and things are running smoothly? But it made me honestly stop and not to downplay anything in my life or my faith or my walk, but it was to say to me, if God can do that for her and what she's been through, I mean, he can do it for me, for anyone in any circumstance. Things that have happened in my past, yes, have been traumatic, but could I have handled that the way Pam did? I don't, I don't know. So it was incredibly profound for me to actually be a little humbled myself and to really pay attention on her and her story and, and what God did there through that. I love that because that's what we always hope yes. for storytellers that yes. people can say, you know what, if God did that for her, he can, can do, do it, it for me. me because we know that God redeems whatever has been lost. I know that's one of our really core things we always go back to is that very statement. And so for you to say that Carrie is as brand new, it's like just confirmation of what God does through stories over and over and over again. And I want to transition a little bit and ask you, since we have you here about starting storytellers in Montana and how did that come to be? Our listeners don't get to hear kind of the background very often from a new city and and what prompted it. And so would you just give us a two minutes of, <laughs> of what it looked like for you to hear about storytellers and now getting it started. What, what has that been like? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I am um, definitely a little ADD kind of bouncing around and I, I need a, a lot of change and a lot of um, challenges in life or I get bored easily. So um, girl, so yeah, I was, I came up with this idea of wanting to get more engaged in my community and especially in a towards my faith, because I can be engaged, but I don't always put God first in that um, department. So just kind of praying for direction. I was walking to and from work at the time and needed a really good podcast while I was walking, just kind of Googled Christian podcasts and boom, Storytellers Live was actually one of the top ones up there. Clicked on it and was like, oh, 
this is my jam. This thanks wow. God. Cause this is what I needed. I don't uh, mess around. I think I emailed Robin right away and was like, Hey, can I do this? How do I do this? And you've been incredible Robin with helping me along the way. I didn't, it's just kind of all come to fruition and the team, my core team, I, I didn't even know who to reach out to. And it was like, people just kept coming to me and being like, I need something new. And it was like, okay, God, thank you. You're just adding to it. And, and Montana is extremely spread out. We have our little cities, but I mean, it's like an hour away from, from anything. And it's, so I feel like community can be missed a lot in our, in our state. And so this was a good way to try to begin to connect people, women. Yeah. It's, I think it's been such a blessing and I'm, my core team is so excited to see this grow. Every time we meet, it's like, okay, how can we get more? And then we have to calm down and be like, okay, let's just one day at a time girls. Um, but we're all in love with it. We're all excited. We love the turnout. We love growing and just watching what God does. It's amazing. This has been a highlight. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I feel like we could ask you a whole lot more questions for the next hour, but we won't. We will, <laughs> we will value your time and the listeners time. And so Carrie, and thank you so much for joining us. We, we equally love y'all and what God is doing in Montana. I, I tell her all the time that we're, we're coming out there to visit because they are for sure our token non-Southern team. And I love it. it. Come up and see the Northerners. We've also had a lot of people say, if you need me to go to Montana for y'all, I try. We might might charter a plane to get to Montana. But thank you so much for being with us today. And listeners, we know that you loved hearing from Carrie Ann and just getting to hear what God does in different communities. Um, And again, we are so incredibly thankful to Pam for her willingness, her vulnerability, and just being brave. And so if there is something that God has put on your heart today that you're scared of that makes you incredibly nervous, I hope that Pam's story has encouraged you and given you hope and given you the bravery to step out and do that today. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.